3: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I have a little bit of a, in a sense, different podcast today, I guess. It's going to kind of be split up between, I have, I guess, an interview, in a sense, with one of my buddies, Nate Green, who's here with me. Hi, Nate, how you doing? Good, how about you, Jared? I am not doing too bad. I'm excited to talk a little Angels baseball. And then, I'm going to, I guess, also talk with Brock Davis, who is a... Host of the show as well as all of you guys know, but he couldn't be here during this time and Nate could, so I'm just going to kind of collab and combine and maybe a little bit different, but I'm hoping it's going to sound pretty good and hopefully you guys like it. So we have an exciting show today. I know Nate hasn't been on the show and I'll have him introduce himself in a second, but we have an exciting, exciting show today. Uh, Angels made a trade. They signed a pitcher, a major league pitcher, to a minor league deal. There's some news here with the winter meetings and all this fun stuff. But before we get to any of that, Nate, uh, how about you just introduce yourself? I know we've played baseball together. We talk on the phone on, like, a daily basis about the Angels. You are the guy who keeps me level-headed and straight and, you know, kind of gives me some ideas as well for the Angels. So kind of introduce yourself, your background with baseball. I know you what you work for because I know you do FCA stuff and what all that stuff is. So, I'll let you take the floor for a second.
2: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jared and I, we played together since we were, like, Eight years old all the way through uh, high school together, and then uh, I got a chance to play Division One baseball at Southeast Missouri State. Played a couple years there, made some big starts against Missouri, Missouri State. Had a lot of fun out there. Been in baseball since I would to remember. Actually, I was a head baseball coach for a couple years, and uh, now I've moved off of that. And uh, working with FCA, like you mentioned, so I work with fellowship with Christian athletes, and uh, still get to work with athletes and mostly baseball coaches and uh, and players. So it's been it's been a lot of fun.
3: Yes, no, and I'm very familiar with FCA. I mean, as part of Hope International, which is which is a Christian college, and even dating back to I know we went to church together uh, way back when. So we've been friends forever now. Played baseball together and all that fun stuff and like I said we talk on the phone a lot and we run ideas by each other for the Angels and Nate has a whole bunch of good ideas and I'd love to get him on the show a little bit more because like I said he keeps me level-headed and on a plane where I'm not striving for the stars too much because I know that I want Francisco Lindor and Trevor Bauer and all those fun names but I have to kind of you know keep it there as well so Nate thank you for coming on and you know guys I'll just say this: Thank you so much for all the support you've given, talking halos and all that fun stuff. Even without Derek, John, Brock, myself for a little while, I know we're getting this going again, and we're getting more and more podcasts out. If you could, if you like the show, give us a five star review on Apple, a- Apple Podcast, Apple Music. I don't know exactly what it is, but give us a five star review on there. Uh, if you want to, you know, shoot me a message. You know, give me ideas for the show, uh, or I mean, heck, even. I don't even mind bringing some people on the show. If you want to do that, shoot me a message. I'll see if we can get anybody on the show that wants to really come on and talk a little Angels baseball, even for five, ten minutes. And I don't know. We'll we'll run some stuff by here. And um, if that's going to be at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter, just go shoot me a message, just send me a, give me a follow, and all that fun stuff. Nate, I know you're not on Twitter too much, but if you want to just kind of plug yourself, you can because I think you may get some followers.
2: Yeah, I, I believe it's Nate underscore Green thirty four.
3: Perfect, yeah. So without any other, you know, interruptions or anything like that, you know, we had Angels made a big trade. Nate, I think you kind of broke it to me because I was in the shower and I get like three phone calls and 800 text messages from people like, Angels made a trade, Angels made a trade. I was like, what's going on? Rysel Iglesias, Angels added that infamous, and I have in air quotes, closer because I'm not a huge fan of the term closer, but they did add that infamous closer back of the bullpen Pitcher, Rysel Iglesias, they traded away Noe Ramirez, who was a bullpen piece. Didn't cost quite as much as Iglesias. They're also going to send a player to be named later, which I don't think I've seen the name quite yet. That's going to go as well. Uh, So when that happens, I'm sure we'll bring it up on, on this podcast. And the Reds also sent some money our way as well. Cash considerations, which is always a great name in any trade. So, Nate, I know you are a big fan of the closer. And I know we talked about this for about 45 minutes yesterday when this news all broke. let us I want to hear your thoughts on it because I know that you're going to give kind of that different perspective, the old school perspective in a sense.
2: Yeah, you beat me to the punch. I, <laughs> I wanted to mention the closer aspect of it. Uh, I'm really excited. I mean, you look at the stats from last year, the Angels led Major League Baseball in blown saves. And I think the big reason why is they didn't really have a closer. Um, after the first weekend, um, Adam was like, yeah, we we don't have one, and just kind of ran, ran somebody out there to get the last three outs, and as we saw, it wasn't real successful. Uh, I feel like the Rays are the exception to the rule, not the rule it's itself. And You see teams who have closers go on to win World Series. Even if you don't want to call Kenley Jansen the closer, he was the closer, and they ended up winning the World Series. So I think it's a big addition. It allows the Angels' bullpen to stretch out allows you to move Bucktree from the 8th or ninth inning roll all the way back to about the 7th inning. It allows Pena to be that 2-inning guy who can go 5th, 6th inning. And uh, it allows you to, to move Myers back to the 8th inning and just really make the bullpen a lot deeper. So I'm really excited about the move.
3: Yeah, no, I know. I am as well. And Again, later on in this podcast, I'm going to give you know a little bit more stuff when I talk to Brock and all that fun stuff. But yeah, you know it's it's gonna be it's. I mean, the four player, the four pitchers right now that are in the Angels bullpen that I think pretty much have it locked down right now is uh, Iglesias, Butchery, Myers, and Felix Pena, and that's four guys. And I think that's four pretty solid pieces right there for Joe Madden to work with. I know that you know we've had this conversation before, and this is gonna be a whole new conver- different conversation. You're gonna have to come on. And we're going to have to, I guess, vince about our Joe Madden, uh, the bull, the bullpen and how he uses it. But I think that this actually, I mean, four solid relievers right now. I know there's going to be so many more moves that the Angels and Manassian are going to be making here. But, yeah, I mean, and you also have to work with Jaime Berea, Luke Bard, Kyle Keller, Jose Quijada, Gerardo Reyes, who they acquired from the Padres. Um, possibly. Uh, Sandoval. Yep, Sandoval, Chris Rodriguez. I was I was blanking on Chris Rodriguez. I put Rodriguez down. I was like, who's Rodriguez? Chris Rodriguez might be an option, and Hector Yan also might be an option. So there are a lot of interesting pieces that the Angels could play with in the bullpen, depending on which way they go. But, yeah, adding a, a very good reliever at the back end of that bullpen is definitely something that the Angels need to do. And they had the opportunity to go do it, like Manassian said in his post game or in his post-game, in his post-trade conversations on MLB Network, it was, you know, the Reds want to shed a little bit of money, the Angels need a back a reliever, and, you know, it seemed to work out. I mean, they gave away a reliever, but they got, a, I think, a better one, much better one in return. So, I mean, I, I like the move a lot. Nate, before we kind of move on, because I think, you know, Iglesias is a gr- really solid move for the Angels. what would you grade this move, you know, A through F? No E, Yeah, though. it looks like...
2: It looks like an A-minus to me right now. Um, I know some Angel fans are going to look at uh, Iglesias' numbers the past couple of years, and they're going to get uh, a little worried about seeing, I think it was 11 or 14 losses he had one year. It was just an absurd number of losses. Twelve. Uh, Three and twelve. Twelve, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Angel fans are going to look at that year and go, man, what are we bringing in another reliever who can't <laughs> get outs? And uh, I, what I want to say to that is that He was totally mismanaged there. They were bringing him in in situations where he shouldn't have been brought in. And I think hopefully, I know we've talked about this with Joe, uh, hopefully he uses him to his strengths. And this will end up, we'll be looking at this at the end of the year saying it was a really good move. And hopefully they can sign him to an extension at the end of the year and it'll look even better. So
3: yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. I mean, we talked about the mismanagement. I hope that Madden doesn't, you know, mismanage the bullpen again as – Much as he did, in a sense, I know that you know there's no manager war, there's no. But I mean, we've talked about this, and if you watched any Angels games last year, it just felt like he a lot. I mean, you have to pitch still as a reliever; you still have to pitch well. But I felt like, and it felt like, in general, there were so many relievers put in such horrible situations last year. You know, I mean, just starting it off the season, bringing Hobie Milner with the bases loaded in what is the bottom of the tenth inning against. A lefty who, I mean, you want to play the lefty lefty matchup, that's fine. Who, you know, hits the ball well, and Matt Olson gives up a grand slam. I mean, felt like it just started there and just continued throughout the 60 game season. So. I hope that you know Madden doesn't somehow mismanage again, and we don't see, and we see another 12 loss season for Iglesias. But I don't think that'll I don't think that'll happen. I, I hope not at least. I hope there's a better better game plan there with Madden, though. I know it's gone back to the Cubs as well. You're the one that kind of had brought had brought that up to me.
2: Yeah, um, I follow the Cubs really really closely as well. And um, if you were to look at how Joe Madden managed the Cubs, it was. Um, very similar. It was bad bullpen, but the one good thing about him was he always found a way to throw a really good lineup out there. There were times where you're like, watching the game, you are like, why is this guy leading off, and next thing you know, Rizzo hits a leadoff bomb, and it's like, well, that's why he's leading off today. Um, so he did a really good job with the lineup, but bullpen pieces, it was like, oh yeah, we're going to bring in this lefty, and um, he's going to face a righty, and he's got a 400 average against lefties, um, so it just made no sense, and it felt like that's kind of a similar thing he did with the Angels this year. It was like every chance he got, it's Obi Milner.
3: Yeah, you know, it, you know, it, you bring up so many good points there, and it, it's something we can vent about for days. And I know that you know we talked on the phone about it and vented it for days. I mean, for hours on hours, to be honest. And it, it's just one of those things. But there's, in a sense, so much more to talk about, and I'll have to have you on, and we can maybe vent about it again if if we start seeing more and more of this, what Madden kind of did last year. I hope it's kind of past him. But I want to kind of jump into another move that the Angels made kind of quickly, kind of an under-the-radar move, minor league deal. The Angels signed Jacob Faria. He's a SoCal native. Did you ever play against him?
2: I did not. did not. He's A little
3: older. Yeah, I older would say he's me, he's yeah. twenty seven. Um, yeah. I what school did he go to? I know we mentioned it. I don't.
2: All off right. the top of my head, I think it, it, it might have been a Cal State school.
3: Honestly. Yeah, he's a he's a SoCal guy though. I don't, I I'm sure that in somehow some way we probably played against him. We just didn't know about it. But yeah, free is a nice little move. They were able to, in a sense, steal him away from the Rays. That worked out pretty nicely for him. And you know, anytime you can get a a pitcher from the Rays or wherever else he had was, It's I think it's a plus move, especially getting somebody from the Rays. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's we know what the Rays do and we know how the Rays do it. And the Rays wanted to bring him back so they see something in him. That could make him a good reliever, but I think he kind of wanted to come back to SoCal and he got the opportunity to come and play in Anaheim and hopefully make the team. We'll see We'll see him in spring and see kind of what he does. Nate, what do you think about Jacob Faria?
2: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting name. I know we saw the Velo jump this last year, so that's kind of kind of interesting because uh, when we saw him first come up, he was about the 88-92 guy. And last year, I think it was 94-95, which... Is encouraging to see the velo bump. Um, I know his numbers got worse with the velo bump, but I think uh, as long as he's able to control his stuff and not walk too many guys, I think he's going to be uh, very successful and he's going to have a shot to win a job in that pen. I mean, we talked about Pena being the long reliever, kind of two inning guy, but they're going to need another guy to go if if we're going to continue to run some of these starters out there for three or four innings like we did last year. We're going to need another guy, so. Uh he definitely has a shot to win
3: a job. So, yeah. going to be cool. Yeah, no, I know. I I he didn't play last year at all. I don't know if he sat out or didn't make it with the Rays or anything. But you look back, 2017 is rookie year, he went 5 and 4 pitching 86.2 innings, had a 3-4-3 ERA, a 4.12 FIP, um compiled a 1.3 WAR. So, and the Rays, you know really liked him and we know what the Rays do. The Rays create pitchers out of nowhere. Like you could throw like 80 and go pitch with the Rays. Like me or you could probably go sign with the Rays and they would create us into like Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now somehow. I'm, I'm kidding, we're not. But the Rays do really good things there. So the opportunity to get somebody like that is interesting and it's going to be fun to see what they have in store for him. So on to our final news for the day. Kyle Schwarber news. The Angels are interested in him. We talked about this off the record. We don't know what what could possibly be going on here because you look at it in the outfield, are you going to somehow find a way to move Justin Upton? Probably not. Mike Trout's in center, so that won't happen. In right field, are you not? Are you trading Adele or uh, Marsh away? You look at first base, you have endless options there with Pujols and possibly Otani, Walsh, Theis, you know, a whole bunch of lefties too. And then, I mean, if you really, I guess, get desperate catcher, which is what he came up with, I don't think he's ever really a catcher anymore. But I don't know what the thought process here is behind getting or looking at Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I know there's a plan, but I'm not quite wrapping my, hand, my head around it. Nate, what do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about this beforehand. The only thing that really makes sense is if you're getting rid of Justin Upton, uh we we've heard Artie say he wants some left handed pop in the lineup, but it just doesn't make sense. Like the, the positional need that the Angels have is, you know, maybe a catcher slash backup catcher, uh depending on when Stasty's back and we we don't think Schwarber's a catcher. Uh first base seems to be locked. Walsh pretty much won that job to end the year last year and, and the outfield, yeah, you got Adele and you got Marsh, but can you really send Adele back down after having him up the whole year, or, you know, 50% of the year last year? It's it's going to be interesting for sure. And neither, like, you don't really want Upton playing right field and Schwarber's not right field. It's, it's just weird.
3: Very yeah. weird. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I don't, I'm not t- too sure. I mean, unless there's a thought like, you know, we're definitely going to be trading away up, uh, Adele or Marsh for pitching or – there's a chance that we're going to be able to trade away Justin Upton, which I don't think there's any chance of that. I think it's almost – I don't even know who you'd have to include to really trade Upton away. It, it's it's con- kind of like a lost cause or unless you're just kind of, all right, we're cutting ties with Justin Upton, you know, just going to let out release him, which is another kind of interesting thing. I mean, you, you never know, I guess, in a sense with all this stuff. But and weirder things have happened. But the news when the angels are inter- when it came out today is saying the angels are interested in Kyle Schwarber kind of shocked quite a few of us. So I, I just kind of wanted to throw that one out there. I'll get Brock's two cents on it as well. So transitioning into our next kind of fun little thing with not part of the news really, Nate. I want to hear your Christmas list for the Angels. I know, I know that you have probably a whole bunch of things, but I just want, let's go three things that you want from the Angels, and I have a feeling in the back of my head, I know that one of them isn't going to be on your list and it's going to piss some people off, but let's go for it. Nate, three three things that you want from the Angels.
2: Yeah, and I know Trevor Bauer's going to be on a lot of people's <laughs> list. He's not on my list. Um, I don't think he works with the Angels. Um, he makes them better, definitely, but... Number one on my list would be trade for a pitcher, and my number one pitcher that I would want right now is Ramon Marquez. I think you get that guy out of Colorado, um, you get him with a really good pitching coach. We got a really good pitching coach, and uh, that that could be a scary number one. That would be a number one that could match up with anyone else's number one in baseball. So that's my number one. Um, number two on my wish list. It, Kind of a backup catcher, but also a guy who could start. Austin Barnes would be my number two guy, another trade candidate. Um, I think the Angels are going to need to address catching at some point, whether it's a starter or, or a backup. But you're ask, you're asking a guy to come back from, from surgery and be ready by opening day, uh, especially hip surgery when you're going to be squatting the entire time. He's not going to be able to play 162 games. And I love Austin Barnes, very good defensive catcher. I don't know if the Dodgers would move them, but they got two really good young kids, so that would be another guy on my wish list. And then uh, my last guy, another reliever, I think just making the bullpen a lot deeper. Shane Green. Uh, we've seen Manasians from Atlanta. We've seen Green throw really good for the Braves, and it'd be nice to bring him over. And he can pitch in the late innings. He could pitch, you know, six or sevens. But guy. Really good two-seam. He can get outs, and I think the Angels be really, really lucky to get a guy like that.
3: I am all for that. I I like all three of those, and I'll actually save my three for when I talk with Brock. So you guys can just go ahead and wait, wait it off here until the very end of uh, this whole podcast. But yes, Nate, I like all three of those. I think uh, I mean JT Real Muto might be in the mix there at catcher too, as well. For some strange reason, I don't know why. But it sounds like an already move. You know how that Good works, job. right? It's a, it's an already move, unfortunately. And yeah, I'm I'm okay with getting real Mudo, but it's an already move. I think there's other things that you need to get there. But all three of those guys would for sure be on my wish list as well. Not in that order, but in some type of order for sure. So Nate, I any final thoughts for the Angels? You know, what's the next? I'll ask. I'll, I'll finish with a final thought. What's the next move the Angels are going to make?
2: I think they're going to get a pitcher. Um, I don't know who they're going to get. It's probably going to be a move that's going to frustrate all of us as Angel fans. And uh, we're going to think, here we go again with the uh, Band-Aid on the broken arm. Because uh, it seems like that's Artie's M.O. Get the big hitters and then uh, not really worry about the pitching. So we'll probably be getting a guy where it's like, eh, that's not the dude we're looking for. I don't think Trevor Bauer is going to be the next signing for
0: the Angels. So.
3: Yeah. No, as much as hashtag Bauer to Anaheim is a thing right now, I'd have to agree with you. I think the Angels will definitely look for some type of pitching, probably an under the radar move. I couldn't even tell you. There's so many pitchers out there that makes sense. I mean, you could just throw a pitcher out there and I'd be like, "Yep, that's that. That makes sense for the Angels." So, Nate, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, guys, continue to stay tuned here. I'm gonna jump on with Brock next. And we're just going to continue this whole thing. Talk about, I guess, in a sense, the same thing. But Brock will give his two cents on it. And, yeah. I, I, Nate, thank you so much for coming on.
2: No, thank you, Jared.
3: Uh, love to be on. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get you on again for sure. Sounds good. Welcome back, guys, to... I don't even know if I can really introduce us to another episode. Not really another episode. Like I said, it's kind of a weird podcast today. I had Nate Green with me. Now I have Brock Davis with me for this half of it. We're kind of, kind of go over the same thing, just kind of get a different perspective about what we talked about earlier. So Brock, how you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to talk some baseball. Awesome. And I, I apologize. My intro was so bad there, but I just kind of want to get this rolling. It's going to kind of be, like I said, a, in a sense, a different podcast um, with Nate being earlier Brock being later here. I just wanted to get both of them, and I want to, I like getting both their perspectives on things because they just kind of bring a whole different mindset, both of them, to what kind of I think about and how I think of stuff. So let's talk about the trade that went down. As we all know, the Angels acquired a closer to come in at the end of games and close games out because that is what Rysel Iglesias likes to do. He likes to close games out. How do you feel about this, Brock?
0: I personally love this trade. Um, I think that Noe Ramirez, uh, I, it makes me wonder whether or not they had something already in the works when they were working out the non-tenders because I think Noe Ramirez struggled really bad last year with his command, and it seemed like every time that he was out there, it was, he had a hard time throwing strikes. And uh, I, I did like Noe Ramirez when he was strong. I think he was a good piece, but a lot of those guys that we non-tendered, I did like when they were doing well and they um, had good command and got good with percentage, etc. But I, it really makes me wonder whether or not they had something in the works when they were non-tendering because you know they knew that they had something going with this Noah Ramirez trade, and uh, was he eligible for non-tender?
3: I believe he was, and yeah, you kind of bring up an I, I thought so. Yeah, you bring up an, inter- an interesting point there with that. Because, I mean, it wouldn't, I would assume, I mean, once you get to, like, I don't want to call it the dark side of baseball, but I, I kind of will here. Once you get to, like, this dark side of baseball that you know about, that you don't really hear about either, unless peop- unless somebody reports it, but all the players know it, and everybody kind of in the system, everybody knows kind of what's going on before it happens, then yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's super interesting. And it's, yeah, that is kind of an interesting thing that you bring up, because it could have totally happened and it wouldn't have surprised me if Noe did get non-tendered but then again Noe's always kind of been an under the radar type of guy for me I mean he's never blown anybody away but he's kind of that interesting weird funk he's like a good cheese you know you don't expect it to be good but he ends up being decently good for you and I couldn't tell you why he's always been that guy that's like I don't know if he's going to make it out of spring training he makes the team and then boom, he's one of the Angels' best relievers. Granted, they've never had a solid bullpen, so I guess if you put Noe on most bullpens, he's probably maybe not the guy he's been. But nevertheless, the Angels did, you know, pull off a nice trade for him, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, for what we gave, I think, you know, it always makes you wonder what these trades that are kind of, you look at them and you're like, "Uh, I'm not really too sure what, you know, one of the teams is really benefiting from. Um, obviously, you know, the only thing I would have to have to guess is, is salary wise for the Reds, um, which would be kind of surprising to me a little bit. I don't know what their goal is for the off season. You know, I'm not a Reds fan. I, I don't follow their what they got going on too much. But they were, um, I don't even remember what their record was last year. But I know roster wise, they had a they had a solid roster last year.
3: The Reds were a playoff team.
0: It, yeah, so it makes me kind of kind of like, question mark in my head of thinking why they would want to get rid of Iglesias. Um, But on our end, it's definitely, we definitely won this trade for sure. And like I said, I think Noy Ramirez was at least on the radar for a non-tender, and and it really makes me wonder whether he was, um, you know, they already have something in the works, and that's why he wasn't. And, um, you know, then we got this, and Iglesias has been, super solid especially last year you know obviously 2020 is an odd season but he was in the percentile rankings just I think he was over 75 percent in almost every category at least Uh, most of them are even over 80 or 90 uh, percentile for 2020 and when you just watch videos of that guy and you actually tweeted something that I really liked which is gonna we're gonna kind of lead back into later but we talked about qualified relievers with 100 saves, a sub-3 ERA, and 4+ four, 4 since 2016, according to Fangraphs, and that's Jansen, Brad Hand, and uh, Rocio Iglesias. So, obviously, that you know, those three things combined for uh, what is that, five seasons? That that speaks volumes. So, um, I'm really excited about this. Um, it kind of changes. Um, approach a little bit in my head of where I think the angels might be going, uh, in comparison to the last podcast where I had some, not, not necessarily predictions necessarily, but kind of just an idea, uh, trying to bring up an idea of how the angels might go about things. This changes things a little bit, not drastically, but I think it changes it for the better, um, and, you know, I, I know I had asked you earlier, but we're not 100% sure yet on, on how much the Reds are going to be paying of his salary, um, which obviously is going to play a role in um, the luxury tax and exactly where I think they're going to be headed player-wise, uh, but not not drastically. It's, it's you know, $3, $4, $5 million uh, of a difference, uh, but that can make a difference in who they specifically sign just, just due to how Artie wants to – build his, you know,
3: financial checkbook, so. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, and I, I, there's going to be a player to be named later as well, um, it's probably one of those things where the Angels gave them a list of players, it was probably like, hey, take, you know, you can have who you want from this list, you know, you only get one, kind of like, trick-or-treat type of thing, oh, uh, here you go, pick whatever candy you want, that's kind of, I can't believe I just compared Players to candy, but you know that's just kind of what I did. (laughs) But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see who the player to be named later is, and also it'd be interesting to see who or how much money they get cash wise. It could probably—I'm going to guess it's only going to be a million, two million dollars. If that, it could be less. It could be in the hundred thousands. But still, I mean, the fact that you were able to get a closer of this caliber for the back end of your bullpen. Or the price that you got him for is pretty solid. I mean, know he's been a good reliever, but he's not that guy, and Iglesias seems to be that guy. So it's a, it's definitely a good step in the right direction. And I also want to bring in, you know, the fact that you you know you don't know what the Reds were kind of doing. They also have been mentioned that they're thinking about trading Sunny Gray as well. So that could be something we come back around to at some point, too, you know, I mean, that's, it's an option, for sure, and I don't, it's something that I don't think the Angels have to give up Adele or Mars for, which if you're listening to this, you should be, you know, clapping for that, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of that stuff, you know, the Indians have talked about trading Carlos Carrasco, which is super interesting, you know, Blake Snell's on the market, Um, Japan, um, one of Japan's teams just posted a really interesting picture, so... Yeah, there's a lot of interesting pieces out there, and the market is definitely super interesting. I mean, for all we know, we may make another podcast tonight saying that the Angels have signed somebody big, somebody small. I mean, there could be news that happens, because technically we are during the winter meetings here right now. So, I mean, who knows what could possibly happen. Um, And continuing on with that news, the Angels also signed a former Ray, and the Rays actually wanted him back. That's The reason why I'm kind of making this a big thing is because the Rays... Produce pitching, and I said this earlier with Nate. The Rays produce pitching like like rabbits produce little rabbits. I mean, it's it's insane. They just keep popping out pitching out of nowhere. So, what do you think about this Jacob Periad move that the Angels made?
0: Um, I honestly don't have uh, too much of an opinion on it. I haven't even really had the chance to to research him specifically. I was kind of focused on uh, the Iglesias and kind of doing my research on. Where we're headed on free agency. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, more pitching depth is more pitching depth. And like you said, any, any pitching, uh, person coming from the Rays, um, they produce, uh, incredible pitching in the Rays farm system and, uh, management. So, um, I, I trust that, that this is going to be a good pickup. And, uh, so far, everything that the Angels front office has been doing so far this offseason, I've been happy with, um, so, basically, this is just me saying I don't know much about him, but I have trust that it's the correct move.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I just some stuff on him. He, he was a starter up until, you know, 2017, 2018, all through his minor league career, he was a starter. They bumped him to the bullpen last year. It was – or in 2019, I guess, is technically it would be last year. He didn't pitch all that much. He pitched in 16 games to a 6.75 ERA with the Rays. But just the fact that the Rays, you know – Wanted to bring him back, but he decided to come back home to Anaheim. He's the, from he's from the Southern California area. is kind of a cool thing, and it's definitely a name to watch in spring as we get going. It could be a, a bullpen piece or a starting pitcher depth piece that could be, you know, something super interesting for the for the Angels in the future. So on to our next little bit of news. Kind of, I guess. A huge question mark. I mean, we're—I'm still trying to process this through my head. But the Angels have shown interest in Kyle Schwarber, um, former Cub, played with Joe Madden with the Cubs. I'm still kind of at a loss here. I'm not sure what the whole plan is with this. And I talked to Nate about this, and we were completely baffled as well by this. I have, as I, you know, I gave it a day to think about it. I have one hypothesis but i don't even know if it's going to be even close to being right but do you have any thoughts about Kyle Schwarber
0: yeah i mean like i said last podcast it's not you know regardless of what team signs him player wise and and statistically it, it wouldn't be necessarily a bad signing but i just don't see him fitting in on our roster it just doesn't make sense to me and like i told you before the only time that I think this makes sense for us specifically is if we miss on everything that we actually want. So I don't know why we're focused on him right now, or if it's even true that we're focused on him right now. Um, but but regardless, like, and at the end of the day, I, I you know I grew up liking guys like Eckstein and Erstad and you know Trout. So I like the type of versatile players that can give you a little bit of everything, Um, you know, defense, offense, base running, um, you know, a little piece of everything. And Schwarber does not fit that at all for me. I don't think he fits, um, you know, obviously things change, but to me he doesn't fit the Angels, I don't know if vibe is the right word to say, but we've never really, I think like Mo Vaughn might be a good example, but just someone that like is – a poor defensive player, and you know doesn't doesn't have speed, and just kind of, I mean, I guess Pujols, but <laughs> but you know he's still playing defense, and you know he does what he can, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily fit Schwarber. Schwarber's basically, um, you know, a hit it all or don't hit it at all kind of guy, to, in, in my opinion, and uh, you know it shows in his stats. He, you know, he's not even, you know, it's not like he's a, a crazy you know, 45, 50 home run hitter. Um, his career high was 38 in 2019. And even then, he still only had an 871 OPS. So if you're hitting 38 jacks and you still only have an 871 OPS, it means that you're not getting on base a, a ton and you're not getting base hits a ton. And like I said, it's, you know, you're hitting a jack, you're not hitting it at all. Um, you know, like a, like a Chris Davis type or something like that. And I don't really think that fits in a lot of teams. Uh, what, what they're looking for, you know, it's, for me, he fits more in like a DH role. And with us, it just doesn't – I don't feel like we should be wasting our time signing a, you know, maybe a DH, maybe even not even a DH, just a bench bat to, you know, hit against righties for, you know, and sit Pujols and have uh, Walsh at first and then have Schwarber at DH against, against righties. But, I don't know, it just doesn't I, – I, I, hope, I hope that this isn't – if it does happen, I hope it happens after we sign the people that I want. I don't want this to be the first piece of news and be taking away from the financial flexibility for the guys that we actually need. Because I'll tell you one thing, signing Schwarber is not making us a World Series team.
3: Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And I, it's in a sense, I'm still baffled by it. Why, you know, but at the end of the day, there are kind of stranger things. And my one hypothesis that I will throw out there would be if you're going to DH Schwarber full time, move Otani to the outfield, and also have him pitch out of the bullpen. That is the only thing that I can think of. And who knows, this could possibly happen. I mean, they could be kind of giving up on him as a as a starter and saying, hey, we think you can hit, which he wasn't that great of a hitter last year. I mean, he still was Shoei Otani. He still hit for power and all that fun stuff. But I, I think that there was kind of a, a mental thing going on there, a mental block for Otani. And, you know, I don't know if that really makes you better anyways. You know, I, I think that the Angels are better off in a, just DHing Otani, letting him try and, try and start in pitch games. While wow, I can't talk very well. Let him try and start in pitch games. And also, I, I don't know. You know, this whole forward thing is kind of a a mystery to me. So it'll be interesting. I kind of, I, in a sense, I kind of hope they sign him because it would be interesting to see what the game plan is. Do you trade Upton? Can you trade Upton? I mean, there's so many so many question marks behind This whole thing. So I honestly totally
0: forgot about Otani because I was I was in my head putting Schwarber at DH against righties, but you know in that scenario in the past we've been putting Walsh at first, benching Pujols, and putting Otani at DH. So then I really don't know, and I think that what you just said is the only possible way that we can really find a hole for him, which is putting him in left field and trading Upton. But even then. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I don't know about defensively. Defensively, Schwarber might take the cake, but I feel like I'd still be okay with leaving Upton in left field over Schwarber. Um, he is a streaky bat, and he's been struggling, and really the only win that you're going to get there is financial displacement with, with signing uh, Schwarber for a lot less money than we're going to pay Upton, and obviously that's going to allow for more money in um, for pitching. But at the end of the day I feel like either the Otani in the outfield or trading Upton are literally the only two ways that I could even see fitting Schwarber in and I don't even I don't even think either of those things are worth it. I don't like Otani in the outfield. I like him where he's at. I think he just needs to focus on I don't want him to try to focus on pitching, hitting and playing defense. I just think that's too much. Like most guys can't even focus on hitting alone or defense alone or pitching alone. But yet, we're going to be asking this guy to be trying to play outfield on some days. And then some days he's just going to DH. So just focus on hitting today. And then, hey, tomorrow we need you to pitch in the seventh inning with the bases loaded and two outs. Like, it's just too much for one person. And it makes me wonder, you know, if he continues, you know, he hit terribly last year. And it makes me wonder, you know, how long we're going to let you know, the charade go on, if it continues like this, like if he is inconsistent in hitting or inconsistent in pitching, like how long we're going to let it go on with, you know, doing both and, and all that. So I mean, I think he deserves more time for sure, but back to Schwarber, I just don't, it literally doesn't make any sense to me. There's just too many pieces to move around that doesn't seem worth it. If he was, you know, a a 900 to a thousand OPS guy, that's cranking, we can speed, can bet our lives that he's going to hit 30-plus, 40-plus bombs next year and really make a difference to our offense, then, then maybe make that change. But it just it doesn't seem right or make sense to me at
1: all.
3: Yeah, no, I, I have to agree. I it's, it's, it's a big question mark for me. Like I said, it would be kind of interesting to see if they did sign him what the game plan would be because it opens up a lot of interesting options. But I don't know if those options are really – good or not unless like you said like you said we we don't know something about Otani or we don't know something about Upton or you know something behind the scenes is going on that we just don't know about but like I said interesting yes does it help I don't know about that so yeah, two, how
0: much do you think we would how much do you think we'd be paying Shorber if we got him roughly
3: that's that's a great question It's coming off not a great year last year as I look at his stats but I think that there's still something there where it wouldn't surprise me if a team gave him two for 20. But then again, it also wouldn't surprise me if a team signed him for on a minor league deal. And everybody was like, oh, why didn't we go out and sign him on a minor league deal, you know? Like, there's there, it's it's a total question mark to me. I have no idea which forever because there are teams – he's kind of like Jock, in a sense. Like, there are teams that are going to want him, and then there are other teams that are like, all right, I'm staying completely away from Jock. Same thing with Schwarber. I'm staying completely away from Schwarber. So I I don't I don't know. It just depends on where those guys kind of want to go. You know, like the Dodgers could sign Jock, bring him back on a minor league deal, but I think that he could be worth more than that. But if he wants to go play for the Dodgers or in their organization, then he may need to sign a minor league deal in a sense. So
0: yeah, so I mean we're paying mm-hmm. up to 23 million, mm-hmm. and you know if we you know say get Schwarber for we'll just say we'll just throw it out the 10 million. One year, ten million, which I think is a little high, but just hypothetically, then you're only you're freeing up thirteen million, and does that make a difference in what our approach is? I mean, maybe, but I just don't. I don't know, man. I, I I'm not a huge Upton hater. He's definitely been frustrating me a lot, but I think he still has something left, and I think because. Is this this year's not his walk year? Right, he has one more year after this. He's
3: got two years, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what his plan is after his time with us, but you know, most of the time, a lot of guys, they, you know, especially at his age, he's 33, so he's a lot younger than Pujols. I think he still has something left in the tank, and I think that hopefully he could figure it out this offseason, these last couple years, and especially in his walk year, he's going to give us something that um, for what we signed him for, and. And I just don't – I just really don't see Schwarber fitting in. I really don't.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think we could talk about this and possible options all day when it comes to Schwarber and guys like that. But I would like to move on to our next order of business, which tis the season. It is the holiday season for us here. And um, first off, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Are you a Christmas guy? Do you celebrate Christmas?
0: Oh, dude, do I celebrate Christmas? I want to make I, sure. I freaking, I freaking love Christmas.
3: <laughs> just want to make sure. I just, I just got to make sure. So, like I, like we did with Nate earlier, I want you to give us your three Christmas, your Christmas list. Just give me three that you want the angels to do. I'll give my three, and we'll kind of work from there.
0: Do I have to be realistic with tax space?
3: When you send a your Christmas list to Santa, is it ever really realistic? Heck no. Okay, do what you want to do.
0: Okay, well I want Trevor Bauer, Brad Hand, and Ken Giles.
3: Perfect. That's that's money. And again, that's actually probably keeps you under the the tax anyways. Close close to it. Yeah, close to it, depending on what they're getting paid. So I could totally see that happening first off, and I could totally, you know, see the angels staying under the tax. So I mean that's Realistic, in my opinion. I mean, you didn't go and say, hey, I want Babe Ruth or anything, so. <laughs> so yeah, I
0: mean, Ken Giles is risky for sure, I think, just because, you know, he didn't pitch at all last year. He pitched, like, two games, I think, or four games. Um, you know, coming, he he's coming off of Tommy John, correct?
3: Uh, yes, I believe so. He had something, shoulders, something like that, some arm injury where he, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely risky, but, you know, Ken Giles has definitely been um, – I think, somebody to, to look out for, uh, 2019, he had a 187, 8 7 uh, 18, he split it with Houston and Toronto. And, uh, you know, he had a 4-9 with Houston and a 4-1 with Toronto. 17, 2-3, and then in 14 and 15, we had a 1-1 and a 1-8. So, um, you know, he has little uh, flashes of, you know, 2018 in total. He had a 465. Uh, but that was really, and 2016, he had a four eleven. So he's only had two years in his career that he's thrown over a 4. Um, but he, he's always had a good K-9. Um, he's always been somewhat consistent. And, and when it comes to, you know, it's all about perspective. Obviously, if you're um, a team with a super solid bullpen like the Rays or uh, a team that's had a good bullpen, the Yankees, then, you know, looking at a Ken Giles, you know, he's not going to be like, oh, my God, you know, we need to go get him right now but for someone like us that just non-tendered five bullpen arms and just solidified a closer, uh, you know, I think Ken Giles and Brad Hand would add perfectly to that depth. Uh, They're both not really solidified closers. Um, We've gotten the feeling that Iglesias is going to be that solidified closer and that's where he wants to be. Um, Obviously Brad Hand is left-handed and Ken Giles is another righty arm Um, and you know, speaking about consistency, Brad Hand has been the, the epitome of consistency since 2016 when he, when he came to San Diego. And uh, I think that, that adding that lefty that lefty arm with consistency and having Ken Giles, who throws gas, well hopefully still throws pretty good gas after his arm injury, um, can add some really good depth. And obviously on that Christmas list, I have Bauer. So when you add Bauer to that rotation – and have him at the top of our rotation, then you have Iglesias now, and then you throw in a Giles and a hand, Um, you have some really good depth. And, uh, you know, obviously with any team, you don't want to have to just depend on, you know, one or even two guys because something happens, you know, Giles gets hurt again, hand gets hurt, whatever, then, you know, you're only depending on Iglesias or vice versa. So obviously if we have the financial flexibility and, um, you know, we don't sign someone like Schwarber that takes away money towards money that can go towards a Ken Giles or a Brad Hand, then I think we could kind of focus our, our attention on, the, on those kind of things and really have that bullpen and rotation uh, depth a little bit. Um, and I could also throw in a wrench, too, and say, um, since we're not going really realistic, last week I talked about signing Bauer and Odorizzi, uh, we could do something like Bauer, Oderizzi and Brad Hand, or uh, Giles, well, one of those two. I would prefer Hand over Giles, but, so yeah, maybe like a Bauer, Oderizzi and Hand. I think those three would definitely take us over the threshold, but, you know, it's my Christmas list, so.
3: Nah, nothing, Nothing wrong with going a little too crazy with it, you know. I always wanted a pony, but never got one, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, so... I like those. I like them a lot. I'm gonna go a little bit of a different route with mine. I would like new jerseys. Let's bring a little navy into it. I'd love to see a little navy with the Angels. Even like navy hats or something like that would be fun. I would like, cool. yeah, right. I I would like to see Los Angeles get out of the front of Anaheim Angels or go to California Angels. Something along the lines of that. Orange County Angels. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just something different than Los Angeles because, as we know, the Angels are not in Los Angeles. Not even in the county. Not even in the county. And third, I want the Angels to go out and sign Mike Trout's sibling, Anthony Bass, only because I want two fish on the Angels. <laughs> as I'm looking at bullpen pieces, that's I just that just popped up to me. I didn't really have a third one. The third one was probably go get... Some random pitcher, because I'm not a huge into Bauer guy. But if the Angels get Bauer, I would not be upset. He would just. I like, just the,
0: I like the new jerseys. That's a good idea.
3: Right, go get some new jerseys. It's not not a hard thing to do. You know, throw a little navy in it. Maybe bring back little old school jerseys. I don't know. Throw some pinstripes in there. You know, something would be a little bit a little bit more fun. So, guys, on to our final topic of the day that I'm going to talk with Brock about. And we've kind of we started this last podcast. We started we talked about starting pitching and who we think the Angels could possibly go after. And we're going to continue it now to the bullpen. So the Angels already made the move to go get Rysel Iglesias. We've already talked about that enough. We've already beat that over the head. But the Angels also have Ty Buttrey, Mike Myers, and Felix Pena now in the bullpen with the subtraction of Noe Ramirez. And there are some options on the 40-man. You could go with Jaime Bria, Luke Bard, Kyle Keller, Jose Quijada, Gerardo Reyes, Chris Rodriguez, Patrick Sandoval, and Hector Yawn. So before we get into that, is there anybody on the 40-man that you think, oh, they could definitely pitch out of the pen?
0: I mean, honestly, I think any of them could. Um, I think that most of those guys you just listed are, are still in the beginning of their career and young, and I think that, that any of them could really benefit from just some time up in the bigs and, and getting on that mound and, and developing. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with any of them necessarily being in the pen, to be honest.
3: Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I totally agree. Like, I'm cool with any of them. We saw Berea pitch really well out of the pen. Uh, I, I've always wanted Sandoval in the pen. Hector Yon's another piece that could be super interesting in the pen whenever they think he is ready. Reyes throws 100. We saw Quijada last year. So there's a lot of interesting pieces there, but I know that there are more interesting pieces on the free agent market, and I think that's kind of what we're here to talk about. So do you have any pieces that you like that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, obviously I already talked about Giles and Hand. I think mm-hmm. those are those are two of my favorite, I would say. Um, obviously, I, I would put Hendricks above both of those. But when I think about whether I would rather sign a Hendricks or sign Giles and Hand, I would rather sign both of them rather than just Hendricks. Um, especially, uh, you know, just I, I like I like having the depth, especially with the luck that the Angels have had with injuries. Um, I, I just I really like having that depth there. So I, I, I really like Giles and I really like Brad Hand. Um, and then obviously there's some of the older, uh, you know, starting pitchers that you can, you can sign and, and, you know, depending on what direction they're trying to go and whether the team can flip it, you know, you could obviously have them be a bullpen arm, but, you know, just throw some names out there. You got Lester, Arietta, um, Hamels, um, you know, you got some of these guys that are kind of lower, lower price players. Uh, you got Trinan out there, um. You know, I don't know how I feel about trying to necessarily, um, you know, you got a Garrett Richards, Kluber, Kirby Yates, who I think uh, possibly is an option. Um, I know he was hurt all year last year, and I think he's like 34, 35 now, so it's kind of a risk there. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Roberto Asuna, um, which statistically, he's he's always been kind of at the top of the Top of the group, and when it comes to relievers, however, um, obviously had those domestic issues that um, I don't know how the Angels would feel and how Angels fans or myself would feel about signing uh, somebody like that to our team. Um, but when we're sticking specifically to statistics, he's a solid option. And then you have Hendricks, like I said before, and uh, you know guys like Wayne Wright, use uh, Petit. So you got a lot of options on the free agent market for, you know, just any names that can, um, you know, contribute. And that's kind of what I'm looking at is, you know, it's not necessarily, there's a lot of names that we don't necessarily know what the plan would be, but they can contribute something that we didn't have before. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a risk when you, you're signing the older guys like the the, the Ariettas and the Lusters of the free agency, you know, and you're not really too sure what you're going to do with them. Obviously, those are risks, and it could turn out like a Matt Harvey and Trevor Cahill type thing. Um, so, obviously, you want to try to avoid that. So, that kind of just goes into, you know, we got we to focus on the Hendricks, the Giles, the Brad Hand, uh, those kind of signings that I think are more – uh, low risk, high reward type situations. Um, you know, it's just going to be whether or not we're going to have that financial flexibility, and where Artie and Perry want to want to go. Whether they want to focus on starters or bullpen or one and one, and go from there.
3: Yeah, you know, and I I, I have to agree. There are just there are so many interesting names out there. I mean, just to name a few, Archie Bradley got non-tendered. I mentioned. Uh, Anthony Bass, who I like. Justin Wilson, who's a guy that I've always liked. Tommy Hunter. Shane Green played with Atlanta, so he's got that connection. Chaz Rowe is my favorite reliever in baseball. Darren O'Day played in Atlanta, has that connection there, and played with the Angels as well. Uh, Jeremy Jeffries was a Cub, and that's an interesting name. Roberto Ozuna, who I believe you mentioned. I mean, there's so many names out there, and I think the key thing – that we need to take away from this is that there is a bullpen to be made out here for sure. Mm -hmm. 110%. When you look at these names and it's going to be pretty inexpensive too, I'd have to assume. I think you can get a bullpen and make a bullpen for under, and I know this is a crazy number to think about, under $25 million, under $20 million. I think you can make a solid bullpen this year. I really do. And I think it's out there. It's just if Artie and staff and, Man and want to make that bullpen actually happen there are some other spots that need to be filled you know you need a couple more starting pitchers and such and I totally I totally understand I get it now under I, I get why Billy effler tried to build the bullpen the way he the way he did I totally get it because it is really hard to build a bullpen because you could go out and sign some of these top name relievers I mean Hendricks Han. Clipper, Rosenthal, Hall, McGee, and McGee—those guys—and they might be a lot of money. They really there's a possibility they could be—you know—you could throw forty million dollars their way, and you might not have a very good bullpen. You just don't know, you know, with how bullpens are. I, I mean, we saw it with Hansel Robles. One year he was the best pitcher and best reliever in baseball, arguably the best reliever in baseball in 2019. Comes back in 2020. Now whether there was it was because there were no fans or if there's other things on his mind, I don't know. But, you know, we saw the V-load drop, and we saw, you know, everything just not look good. He had nine ERA. You know, so I totally understand why it was, it's so difficult to build a bullpen. But I do believe that somewhere out here in these hundred and whatever names that I'm looking at, there's a bullpen to be made that can bring this team to a postseason and even farther. So I, I, I do believe that. I just believe it's very difficult. But there are so many names out there where, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to really say anybody that you think like, oh yeah, Liam Hendricks is for sure an Angel, or you know, Trevor Cahill is for sure coming back to the Angels. I mean, it's it's kind of difficult to say, but there is a bullpen to be made out there. That's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. So, guys, without any other, you know, without anything else here, do you have anything you want to add in? You know, any final thoughts? I guess.
0: No, I just. You know, with the 60-game season, how short it was, and kind of anticlimactic for Angels fans, um, I hope that something happens during these winter meetings, and I hope that free agency moves a little quicker than past years because I want to say I'm getting bored, but, oh, yeah, I am getting bored. I haven't I haven't been working these last couple weeks uh, in between jobs. I'm starting my new job on Monday, and so I've just been kind of bored just sitting at home being like, Wanting the angels to go and sign a bower to make my day a little more uh, exciting. Um, so hopefully they, uh, you know, stuff starts rolling because I mean I guess it has on the angels side. We've been we've been moving and doing some trades and stuff, but I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the big news.
3: Yep, no, I agree with that. I think that you know it's we have winter meetings now, and I think that after it feels like always after the new year stuff starts getting going. Um, but I definitely hope it doesn't take until spring training to get stuff going, and I don't think it will. And I think that with how the Braves run things and being coming out here and spending money early and often, I think that's kind of a thing that Manessian is bringing over as well, which is kind of nice for Angels fans because it's not boring. I mean, we've seen it already; they've gone out and made two decently good trades. So I think that that's going to continue. And I it wouldn't surprise me if you know we were on every week and we had new. Players, new news. I mean, almost every other day. I, I, who knows? Because I think that it's going to start, you know, really, really picking up here, and we might be on tomorrow talking about a big move. So,
0: yeah, well, hopefully, this Lance Lynn trade maybe speeds things up a little bit too.
3: Yep, I think that opens the market up as well a lot. I, you know, I mean, it's nice to get him out of the AL West. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I hate facing him. Even though, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, so getting him on the White Sox is huge for the White Sox. And, you know, I don't, I know we have an Angels podcast, but the White Sox are looking really good. Like, it's going to be, it's scary. They're the on the White radar
0: Sox. to sign Bauer, too. It should be yeah. even scarier.
3: Yep. They are going to be a really, really good team. So, guys, thank you for sticking in. I know it was kind of a longer podcast. We'll try our best to keep it down from now on. But I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys had any questions, comments, or concerns, or heck, like I said, even want to jump on the podcast with us, I am open to that. You know, shoot me a message on, on Twitter. Do whatever you want to do, you know. Um, I, I would love to get some people on talk, get your perspective on the Angels and what they're doing. So, Brock, where can we find you on Twitter?
0: Uh, B-D-R-O-X-A. And yeah. don't be afraid to, uh, you know, if you can't find Jared or, you know, Jared scares you a little <laughs> bit because he's, kind of rich and famous with all of his Twitter <laughs> followers. Then, uh, shoot me a message. And, um, you know, me and Jared have kind of been planning some shows here and there to, uh, you know, I know that we took a little break and things have been hectic because of COVID and work and everything like that. So, uh, you know, or even shoot both of us a message and we'll tie in and, and, uh, try to figure something out, especially if you want to try to come on the show and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll call you and talk to you and, and, maybe try to figure something out. So yes. message me too.
3: hundred percent. I would love to have more and more people on the show. I think it's great. I think that we could really expand everything here. I think I love getting different people's perspectives on things. I hate being closed-minded about stuff, though I have to be with some of the stuff I think about. Um, <laughs> but yes, I love getting new perspectives on things, and it opens up new ideas for what I think the Angels should do. You know, you come in here with a good idea, and you could change my mind. I, I don't know. Or Brock's mind. You know, we – We are always open to new things. So, guys, we appreciate you listening and hope you guys have a very safe and fun day.